Hey, I'm Molly, and I'm the host of the Did That Age Well podcast. Each week, my guests and I recap and review movies from the past, and we talk about how they hold up. I'm joined by comedians, writers, friends, and podcasters to talk about the cringeworthy to the timeless classics. We break them all down and share some laughs as we do it. So find us at milehighlife.com or follow Did That Age Well wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, it's Drew Goodman. Guess what? Like everybody else in America, I have a podcast. Actually, I've had it for four years. Download it at all of your favorite places you get podcasts. I have great guests, guys like Ryan McMahon, Dan Issel, Hall of Famer-to-be Albert Pujols, current Hall of Famer Larry Walker, Adam Schefter, and we kick around subjects locally, regionally, nationally. So download it and tell your friends. The Drew Goodman Podcast. Catchy name. is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. He's still not in. Mike Edwards taking his place. Second and ten. Draw play Williams. Wharton tries to bring him down. Look at him drive. Up to the 40 for a first down. That, of course, is the call on CBS. The Denver Broncos when they knocked off the Chiefs just about a week and a half ago. Kevin Harlan on the call. The Broncos will take on the Buffalo Bills next Monday feel that maybe they've gotten things turned around. They've won their last two. They've looked more or less pretty good in their last three. The things seem to be rounding into some sort of form. And and the idea of being a power run game, a power run team, and then using maybe a, just a little bit of Russell Wilson, 20, 19 passes uh, attempts against the, the Chiefs maybe is enough. Here's the problem, Sandy, and I'm going to set that up. Sean Drotar, Sandy Clough with you, Danny Bailey in the booth, and want your opinion on this as well. 303-831-1340 is the number. We've talked about it. This is a passing. Here's how you know it's a passing league. Now, the Broncos in EPA per rush attempt, right? That's that's a good stat that you and I like to use on this program. They are 11th. The problem is they are 11th at negative .07 expected points added per rush. Now, you're thinking, how could they be negative at 11th? Here's how. The leader is the Baltimore Ravens at .07 per rush, and only three teams in the entire NFL have positive returns when they run the football. So when people say this, uh, the league's become a passing league, uh, that's about it. That's why. 29 of the 32 teams have negative EPA results yeah. when they run the ball. Right. And the, one that, the, the ones that do, I mean, we're talking about the Ravens at .07. The Bills and Dolphins tied at .03. That's it in total. To get the idea of why you wouldn't do that, if you're the Bills, for example, EPA per pass attempt, .17, right? That's almost six times. So, in other words, every time they drop back to pass, no matter what the result is or anything, they're adding six times the expected points than every time they run. Well, why wouldn't you pass? Why wouldn't you pass all the time? And use, as Chris Collinsworth aptly uh, described the other night, use Josh Allen as your running game. Which is your running game. Kind of do. And it's not a matter of, they're designing runs anymore for Josh Allen. They used to do that when he first began in Buffalo, mm-hmm. but they don't design 
many. He knows the game. They just let him Josh Allen. They improvise. They let him improvise. They let him freelance. Uh, There is danger uh, in that that uh, we can uh, (laughs) we can certainly uh, get into. But you know what the bottom line is, and it's strange because Allen gets hit a lot and he gets hit hard and he's thrown nine picks this year, and yet only. Patrick Mahomes has been sacked less often this year on a percentage basis yeah. than Josh Allen has been. So it, th- this year in the NFL has been filled with these wild discrepancies that I don't remember ever seeing before, certainly not in recent years. And Russell Wilson is a case study in Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. You can pick out some numbers relating to Russell Wilson specifically mm-hmm. and quarterback numbers and offensive numbers overall really do correlate, right? Yeah. So the Broncos offensively are filled with contradictions, which makes them by the end of the day, because they're either terrible or they're great, an average offensive team when you balance everything right. off. Wilson is a case study because he is middle of the road in completion percentage. In percentage of touchdown passes thrown, he's number one. He is 12th in interception rate, which isn't great, but it's not terrible, right? But then you get to yards per pass, and he isn't even averaging seven. It's just dink and dunk. And it's 6.9 per attempt, which is terrible. That's 20th in the league. Again, not all on him, but a reflection of how the Broncos play offense. Passer rating, 101.7, fifth in the NFL. Quarterback rating, 21st at 46.3. Quarterback rating is more easily understood because it's a 1 through 100 grading system where 50 is average. Below 50 is below average. Above 50 is above average. How can you be fifth in passer rating and not even in the top 20 in quarterback rating? It, it makes it no does sense. feel really strange. And, of course, as we can guess by having watched the Broncos all year, 10% of the time he drops back to pass, he gets sacked. And that is 27th in the NFL. Or, if you want to look at it the other way, He's, I'm not sure exactly how many qualifying quarterbacks there are, but say they're roughly 32. Right. He's sixth from the bottom. That, that's <laughs> in taking yeah. punishment. Sack and percentage, by the way, this month. seventh worst in the uh, NFL. Well, that's and, that, and well, that's right. Let's see if we can that's find right. a pattern. He's, by he's the way, taken virtually here's all the guys the that have had more. Tyrod Taylor has been sacked 10.4 percent. Uh, Zach Wilson 10.5. <laughs> Ryan yeah. Tannehill 10.7. Yes, who they play for? Uh, Sam Howell 11.11. Yeah, and then half without good off. What's happened to the top two guys? Justin Fields at 12.8. Yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, Daniel right. Jones at 15.7. Yeah. He, he got, got hurt. hurt. He's out for the year. Russell Wilson got hurt last year at a point. Yeah. I mean, the, the, if it almost feels inevitable, and and even when you look at some of the other points you, that you brought up, and you go to these modern metrics, let's go back to EPA. Russell Wilson passed EPA 20th. 20th in the league in passing. Yeah. 
in Rush EPA, which of course, you know, takes into account not just raw yards, but the down and distance and all that sort of stuff. He's second only to Jalen Hurts. So when Russell Wilson has decided to tuck and run, and give him credit, they're not calling a lot of designed runs for Russell Wilson. When Russell Wilson has decided to tuck it and run, he's been remarkably efficient, but he's not a running quarterback, and that's going to get him hurt. And so how do the Broncos build this? And then how, when we try to disassemble it, Sandy, how much of this is Russell Wilson and how much of this is the play calling? Because I can tell you what, that's, that's it's a, very a lot closer to 50-50 than people uh, oh, might oh, think. I, I, I would say this year, remember last year, uh, there was the debate about uh, who was most at I fault mean, for the absolutely dysfunctional way the Broncos played offense. Was there play offense? calling last year? Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson. And my thought on it was maybe not 50-50, but it wasn't 90-10 with Hackett responsible for 90% of it and Wilson only 10%, although that was frequently the narrative that was put forward here, Mm -hmm. especially after Hackett got fired. Then it became 95 to 5%, and when... Sean Payton decided to unload on Nathaniel Hackett as well as any uh, person associated with the Bronco organization a year ago. It became not even 5%. It was almost, in Sean Payton's mind, seemingly 0%. And then the season starts, and this is how weird a year it's been. And every time something goes wrong, Sean Payton seems to get around to blaming Russell Wilson for at least part. At some point, yeah. Okay? Always. So you have this weird coach saying in August none of what happened last year should reflect poorly on Russell Wilson and once the season starts saying in effect most everything that happens badly is a reflection of Russell Wilson to the point where in their most recent game against Kansas City Russell Wilson throws the ball exactly 19 times Mm -hmm. Now, I know he got sacked a bunch, Yep. so the actual intention to pass took place more than 19 times. I I understand that. But I said right after that game on this show the next day, I believe, that in two weeks they'd be playing the Buffalo Bills and 19 pass attempts wouldn't get it done. Well, it turns and out it'd be 25. probably six sacks. Right, because there were six done. sacks, so let's assume right. 25 pass attempts. Right, right. And even that's not enough, and I know this year he's averaged 29, but for all the talk in Seattle, how mean old Pete Carroll never let Russ cook, never gave him a chance to pass, he averaged 30 attempts a game over 10 years in Seattle. Right. 30 attempts a game. On the nose, 30.00000 as far as you want to take it out. This year, for a team that's behind a lot, he's averaging 29.1 attempts per game. Now, again, a lot of times sacked, so the actual intention to pass takes place more than 29 times per right. game. Again, I, I allow for the number of times sacked. You, you look at Wilson, where he ranks in EPA per drop back overall this year, and it, <laughs> this discrepancy exists not just with Wilson but with a lot of quarterbacks, and we can get into that a little bit later on. But let's take EPA per drop back weeks one through four 
versus weeks five through nine. Okay. For every quarterback. Now, just look at Wilson for our purposes right now. For the year, Wilson is minus 0.03, which is basically middle of the pack, 17. Okay. Between Derek Carr is just ahead of him and Gardner Minshew, who's just behind him. Weeks one through four, and here's where Peyton's statement, and this is why I said yesterday that, you know, Peyton, Peyton thinks he's turned it around and uh, he even had some reasonably complimentary things to say about Russell Wilson, but he was all over in weeks one through four, right? right. You know where Wilson was, EPA per dropback, weeks one through four? 0.08. Better. That was 13th in the league. Yeah. 13th. It was better. You know what he is weeks five through nine? Terrible. He's last year's Russell Wilson. Minus 0.15. That is 26th out of 32 quarterbacks starting presently in the National Football League. He's been on a bad roll, at least statistically. And these metrics, I'm sorry, they do mean something. And... What it means to me centers more on Sean Payton, who in his own mind believes he's turned this team around. They're headed for the playoffs. Um, Yeah, they have some challenging games ahead of them on the schedule, starting with this coming Monday night in Buffalo. But they're on their way in Sean Payton's mind. Russell Wilson and the offense – they're getting worse. Weeks five through nine were all about the defensive improvement. Yeah. Weeks You're one right. through four. They are getting worse. Their offense was good. Not great. Not top 10. Mm-hmm. But okay. Between 10 and 15. Situated right in the middle between 10 and 15. That's where the quarterback was. That's where they were offensively. And our big question was, well, they could be even better if they played Mims and McLaughlin a little bit. One Certainly more than they were, okay, right? Weeks one through four, yeah. that's what we were saying. Weeks five through nine, it's it's been the defense, which Sean Payton doesn't really seem to uh, involve himself in very often, right? You heard him say earlier this year with respect to Vance Joseph, maybe this is a good thing for Vance Joseph, that – you know, he goes in during the week and he kind of checks in and he makes some suggestions, but basically the defensive coordinator runs the defensive meeting room mm-hmm. and develops the defensive game plan and decides who plays and who doesn't. And I imagine uh, Vance Joseph might not be the first to admit this, but he'd be one of the first to acknowledge that when Justin Simmons came back and Baron Browning got healthy, funny how the Broncos became a much better defensive team and some ill-informed folks, and I say ill-informed in the sense they obviously don't watch the Bronco games, and for that I don't necessarily blame them. (laughs) For entertainment purposes, the Broncos wouldn't be your first choice on any given Sunday or even on any given Monday night. I'd go watch Tiddlywinks uh, on Monday night uh, on some distant channel out there somewhere before I watched the Broncos if I didn't have to watch the Broncos. We do have have a job. But but people say that um, well, it's all, it's Pat Sertan. He's all world again. Mm-hmm. 
I don't see that. I see Pat Sertan getting called for holding penalties all the time. Um, I certainly don't see teams avoiding Pat Sertan. Pat Sertan's played kind of the same way for the most part all year. I mean, he's had some games that are well below his standard and some games that are above, but basically he's he's been consistent for whatever that's worth. And I'm not saying he's been bad. I'm just saying if you're talking about cornerbacks making plays, he, he just doesn't. And it isn't because. He doesn't make a lot of tackles. I get that, uh, at least in part. But other corners make a lot more plays, and they're much more disruptive, and they have more impact on a game. No, the difference in the Bronco defense is Justin Simmons came back healthy. Yes. And it's gotten better and better and better and better with each passing week. And Baron Browning came back. And uh, Nick Cosmater at The Athletic today uh, writing about uh, five things he predicted for the second half of the season, included among them Baron Browning will lead the Broncos in sacks in 2023. Guy missed almost half the year. Yeah. That tells you less about Baron Browning, although Browning has played well, and more about the absence of a pass rush. And their two best pass rushers going into the season were supposed to be Frank Clark. <laughs> yeah, and, and Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory. Right. Combined for 20 sacks, right? Remember that mm-hmm. talk in the offseason? Oh, Not talked about here, and there, but yeah. talked about elsewhere. never even happened with Von Miller and, uh, and Bradley no, Chubb. I mean, uh, come on. Well, it happened once. One time. And then they started getting hurt in right. alternate years, and we know the story there. Baron Browning, missing almost half the season, going to lead the Broncos in sacks. It, it's probably true, but this comes back to the point, have the Broncos really turned it around? And a two-game winning streak, we went through this yesterday. Every team they've had over the very bad last seven and a half years, let's say, of this franchise, yep. give or take. They've had two game winning streaks every year. They went to the, the, the bad teams do win two games in a row, at least once in a season, sometimes more than once. Sometimes get this. They even throw in a three game winning streak. So why is Sean Payton taking the position that he's turned everything around? They won two in a row last year, right? Much earlier than they won two in a row this year. If you asked me who did the worst coaching job between Hackett in 22 and Peyton in 23, you know what? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you because I can't distinguish between the two. Their record after eight games is three and five, and I think they were two and six Mm -hmm. last year. But they were also two and one last year. And they didn't lose their first three home games last year. Uh, no. In fact, they won two home games at the beginning of the year. They were 2-0 and at home. They beat Houston. They beat the 49ers, if I'm not mistaken. You're correct. It's- so I don't know. And, and this guy who came in here with the idea that, that, one, the coaching was terrible last year by his own account. Which, look. It, and it two, that he'd turn it all around this year, Not which this year. now that I think about it, is more audacious than anything Deion Sanders ever said. 
about turning the Buffs around in one year. Peyton was much more explicit. If you really listen to Peyton, and I understand because Dion is more colorful, people listen to Dion and Peyton, you know, they, uh, whatever. Uh, they, they're not, they're paying more attention to CU. So Dion gets more heat. But if you actually look at what's been said and the level of egomania, I put Peyton ahead of Deion Sanders for for boasting about a three and five team. At least Sanders has four wins and a three and zero start and an opening day victory that captured the hearts and minds and, and, a, yeah, and dollars and a win over of your Fox top rival. and ESPN, right? And and beat CSU. In, in a game Beat that was Nebraska. watched by more people than watched any World Series game in 2023. Yeah. I mean, that it, it is the idea that the Broncos are back and turn it around is interesting. And some of it has to do with pain, but also it's, it's simply put the, just the logistics of it, as Sandy pointed out. If you look at the past attempts plus sacks, I went and did that real quick yeah. before we move on. The Broncos are averaging 32.4. So 32.4 pass attempts, right? <laughs> So if we put the sacks in there and add it to that, your that attempts would be and average. about three and a half sacks a game. 32.4. That's 24th in the league. If you want an idea of where it gets to the to the teams that were near the top, uh, there are three teams that average more than three quarterbacks, I should say, that average more than 40 pass attempts plus sacks a game. And when you get the 35 or more level, there's 20. The idea that you can just go to grind it out with Javante Williams is as fun as he is to watch and have Russell Wilson throw 20 passes, good luck. That's not realistic. doesn't make any sense. The Colorado Avalanche last night needed a good game. They needed the Stars to step up. Well, uh, check one, check two, another win for the Avs. We'll talk about it next on Miley Sports. Hey, I'm Molly, and I'm the host of the Did That Age Well podcast. Each week, my guests and I recap and review movies from the past, and we talk about how they hold up. I'm joined by comedians, writers, friends, and podcasters to talk about the cringeworthy to the timeless classics. We break them all down and share some laughs as we do it. So find us at milehighlife.com or follow Did That Age Well wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Now the Avalanche short-handed breakaway shot stop. Miles Wood short-handed. The call there from TNT on the broadcast. The Avs get it done. Yes, yeah, six Kenny to Albert. three. And uh, a, a very good performance by the Avs. Uh, they ended up uh, taking that actually maybe uh, handily if the start didn't look that way. The Devils did get the first goal. But an interesting middle part of the game, and we'll talk about the whole thing, but, you know, Ross Colton had a, a, a big hit uh, in, in that second talk period. Talk about your brain, And then, F-A-R-T-S. Yeah, and then all of a sudden the, the big hit, which I – 
I think was close to it was close to shoulder to shoulder, but it ended up not being shoulder to shoulder, and you're responsible for your your body, so you get a hit. But then coming across and just cross checking Timo that, Meyer, that's what got in him the face out. about eighteen inches away from the ref. It will probably earn him a suspension. I would think and so. I would if not a hefty I would fine. Yes, it'll at least a game. It probably won't be more than two. I think it should be two. Uh, I think it was officiated correctly, and the Avalanche never said a word no. about it in disputing nope. the call. In most circumstances, guy takes a two-minute penalty, gets a 10-minute misconduct, and gets tossed. Oh, my goodness. Colton got a boarding, then a cross-check, and the game misconduct. And I mean, and my abs- goodness, there would have been fire-breathing. They were shorthanded for seven, seven minutes. minutes. Now, I know that got interrupted. But I, I will say this, and I assume you might agree with me because you picked that particular goal as the lead highlight. That was the most important goal of the night. It was. It was during that shorthanded period. At the time of the the time of that goal, it was two to two. Uh, Timo Meyer had punched. Who gets off? Gets away from the cross check in the grill, and immediately scores. And of course, you know it's early in the power play, which is going to be seven minutes at some point. Yes, it was broken up. But then a, a a a nice interception of a pass by Valeri Nachushkin, who then plants a perfect pass right on Mileswood sticks. There, you could hear that, and Nachushkin sent that pass probably a good sixty feet, absolutely on the button and in stride. And Wood puts it away, and now it's three to two. And instead of the Devils feeling like, okay, we now tied it up, and we got him on the run, and we got a power play, the Avs counterpunch with that, and uh, and then all of a sudden it feels like. The game alters, even though Dougie Hamilton scores yes. in that same power play to make it three to three. It felt like the momentum shifted. It came out in the third. The Avs scored uh, two to put it away, and then Miko Rantanen with a uh, as good an empty netter as you'll ever see. Uh, it never even touched the ice from his own zone. Just airmailed it. Just is, a rocket. Is he the only guy on the team that can score can an, empty an empty net? And he can hit it from I mean, a long. They're that was about 185 feet. Right. He had the <laughs> toughest shot, and his shot went right. And he lifted, the middle it, of yeah, he lifted it to get it over right. sticks, and he just, right. just boom, right. it never touched the ice. Never it hit the back the of the ice, net. It nailed it. Ice, right. but, uh, well, but I, I, I want to say this. If, if you said to me at the start of those penalties, being oh, certain, yeah. right? And the five-minute one, they can score as many goals yep, as, it's a major. as they there's want. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right? they, they just as score. As many as they can manage. Yeah, there's no ending to the five-minute major. If you had said they'd be minus one, and that's it. Yeah. In seven You'd have minutes. You taken that, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. Now, is it, well, the penalty killing must have been really good. Actually, apart from the shorthanded goal, I thought the penalty killing was lousy. I thought Georgiev was shaky. Every shot was an adventure last night. Mm-hmm. I expected every shot on him to go lost in a, lost or a stick at a couple points even. Yeah. It, it was just and a I, weird. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying all three goals are soft because they weren't. What I am saying is that he just looks, and I don't know what's happened. I don't understand it. He just looks shaky mm-hmm. right now. Shaky or shaken, uh, devoid of confidence. He's not moving well. He's not reacting to much of anything. Um, and I thought they had to overcome that a little bit last night. Um, I thought the guy... On the other end was better. 
I, I really did. And I, I know they scored five goals and then the empty netter yeah. to make it six to three. But uh, they had a tough time. Cra- I mean, it does seem I'll, weird I'll when tell you, you scored what, five on Wood, him. But Vanacek was good. Wood was playing against his former teammates. Yes, he knew right. He knew right where. And he to wasn't jump. penalized all night, and he scored a shorthanded goal. Yep. I thought it was his best game in an Avalanche sweater. I thought, and Wood it was wasn't even close. Terrific. And apparently, whoever was selecting the three stars agreed with us because he was the number one star. And I thought because he didn't have the best numbers for the night, but he bad. had the biggest goal. Yeah. That shorthanded goal that put him at 3-2, I know it became 3-3, but that was the big goal of the night. Otherwise, they would have been down. Uh, Makar was excellent, and Rantanen was... Can you believe Rantanen almost played 26 minutes last night? Yeah. that unbelievable? And looked, you know, fresh as the pervers- proverbial yeah. daisy by and, the end. Uh, uh, Jared Bednar took a page out of the old Bob Hartley coaching handbook. Bob Hartley would ride the hell out of his stars. Yeah, He'd play true. him 25, 26, 27. I'm talking about forwards, not defensemen. Right. He'd do it with defensemen, too, but more often with forwards. Forsberg and uh, Sackick, when they were healthy, they, they they played 25, 26 games. Sackick loved it. Forsberg hated it, and it killed Forsberg's relationship with Hartley it, it, because P- Forsberg thought, you know, and maybe some of the injuries were beginning to gnaw at him even back then um, that he was playing way too much. But last night, you had, and Drouin was starting the game on the first line quickly. That changed. Yeah. And he only played 11 minutes, 11 seconds. McKinnon played 24-22, and what was it, 25-36 for Rantanen. And... Uh, Nishushkin had a nice game, bounce back game, 18-24. Uh, Johansson, excellent, uh, played 17 minutes, 11 seconds. And uh, again, scored a scored a five on five goal. And how about those faceoffs again? Wins and 10 was out of great 15. on the faceoffs. Great, I mean, he great has been in the faceoff circle. And Lekkonen, uh a typical Arturi Lekkonen game. No goals, no assists, no points, neither plus nor minus, and he plays 20 minutes. Because he's, frankly, on a night like uh, last night, he got the third most minutes among their forwards because he deserved Vanacek them. stuffed and, him on what would have been a pretty easy oh, goal at one yeah. point, a brilliant pad good save goal. by Vanacek. Save. Uh, yeah. Stuffed Lekin in yeah. there. But, I mean, they, they got good. But that second line was terrific. Yeah. And the, the first line was, well, two-thirds good. But the second line was the best line, center, and two wings. The best avalanche line last night. And I don't know that we've been able to say that this year, but last night we could. Um, I thought apart from Colton's nonsense, uh, uh, Wood and O'Connor were terrific. Uh, Third line didn't play very much. Uh, Pavel between Cagliano and Tatar. but you like know, neither one of them came but, close but, to playing. But for and a guy none of them played, played ten minutes. Just came up a second shy of seven minutes. Andre Pavel in his NHL I thought debut. He was fine. I, thought he was I, fine. I thought he quite I he frankly fine. even sort of stood out for being like, wow. I, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised this guy hasn't presence. played a little he, bit more. He was strong in the puck. He seemed I, like someone I who liked him. I liked him too. No, I, I think Olafson's been fine, but uh, Pavel showed me something. I, th- I thought he was fine, and you know, you look at the the defense. Uh, you know, he, he, you know, Taves and 
McCarr played a ton. Um, Gerard got a little over 20 minutes. Uh, Byram got 18 and a half. Uh, I wasn't crazy about Gerard and Byram as a, as a tandem, but McCarr and Taves are back to being McCarr and Taves. Yeah. Uh, the only guy with points, McCarr, but uh, three of those assists and a plus four last night along with Taves. Taves by far, is plus four. The yeah. best on the team, uh, Miles Wood and Ranton in plus three as uh, skaters Ranton with two goals and an assist. And by the way, uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, you hear, even here, and certainly nationally, that's McCarr McKinnon and McCarr McKinnon in whatever order. Folks, Miko Rantanen is as good as Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr. Because now at this point, Boy, we've seen, sure him, we've there, seen him on he's, other he's lines. So consistent. We've seen him on separate yeah. lines than Nathan McKinnon. Oh, he doesn't have to play with McKinnon to be productive anymore. Miko Rantanen is as good as those guys. Miko Rantanen now. McKinnon has 11 points in 11 games, five of those yeah, goals. Yeah, that's fine. McCarr is 14 and 11, yeah. being one that the, at the current moment still one of only three defensemen in the history of the NHL to average more than a point a game. Yeah. Rantanen has 17 points, and he does it either way. Eight yeah. goals, nine assists, he's right. plus four. That's right. Uh, he's got three power play goals already and three additional he power play so assists. He's so good. He is. And, and he's listen, hard McCarr to knock off McKinnon the puck. are great. But Rantanen, you can't he's get him really off the puck. He's really underrated. And he, he, can, he, he sees everything. He's got great vision, a terrific shot that he gets through almost every time. It's heavy. He, it's a he's heavy a shot. Heavy shot. And, uh, you know, so the, the, there's something behind it. it. It's, you know, people don't, well, is it, what's the velocity? That doesn't matter. A heavy shot is better than a high velocity shot. And there's yeah. a difference. And, and the guy, Joe Sackick had a heavy shot. It has, to, it has to do not with raw velocity. Kind of velocity. It's on the velocity wrister, compared but, to distance. But, but it was right. It was a heavy shot. Like how quickly was, do you get it up to speed? It was hard to handle. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to handle. It, it either has a little bit of movement on it or it, it comes off slightly quicker than you expect. Not if it's like 90 plus, that's not doesn't really matter. Although I did notice that, you know, in the TNT broadcast, Randon, I believe, was the only avalanche guy that had more than one shot come up at 90. Their little yeah. meter appears above yeah. the goaltender when it's 90 and Randon, I believe, had two of he, them. He can shoot it. He's a great passer, and he's he's a physical he's presence. So he is good. It, he reminds me almost of Forsberg in terms of being hard to take off, mm-hmm. very the, hard to uh, take off the puck, puck. And, and bump off the play. Really, and he's really also tough. not afraid to and throw you know his body what? around against you on the forecheck either. I think at this point, I think he might be better than McKinnon defensively too. I think he is. Um, I, I, just, I think he is. I think McKinnon is more Notice he was on the ice at the end yeah. to score the empty net goal, but they didn't need a goal. They needed defense. McKinnon's defense is based on speed and stick work, and Rantanen is no McKinnon in speed, but he's no slouch. But his his stick is good, and he's got a big body, and, yes. he, and he knows how to put it on guys and knock them off the puck. I, he's not afraid of it. He it, is an all-around weapon, and I, I you look around the league. If you ask me to name their three best defensive forwards, Rantanen, Nishushkin, and Lekanen. Is there a, this? Is, I mean, this is the best compliment I can think of for Miko Rantanen. Is there a team in the NHL that you can think of any other team? And I am not joking. In which he would not be a top line winger. I can't think of, of any. Of course not. He'd be a top line winger on course, every single course. team in the he NHL. Is the best every winger single in best left the in the game. league. Period. Period. That's simple. Um, you have the they, best defender in the game. They got the you have the best winger in the game, and you probably have the second best center, second best only center. because a supernatural one in a Century talent is in the league at the same time. It is really a treat to watch. You're right. Watching um, 
Watching Georgiev is going to be interesting because he has looked wobbly, yeah, and I'm not really sure wobbly. what it is. Now, as we've talked about with Dr. Rick Perea earlier in, yeah. in, in the week, uh, momentum is kind of not really a thing, right? Momentum no, every is the game next is game. Independent and so I think when we, we take a look at Georgiev, well, okay, maybe it's just a matter of getting a couple well, of those games together. Well, it's from the neck up, I think. It, it's nothing physical. I, I just think he's lost some confidence. Yeah. You know, I that's just, but the, that's that, that's the that beauty of it, happens. right? The momentum yeah. is the next game, yeah. so you go out and have a good right. game the next time, and maybe yeah. you're give it all clicks. Maybe, maybe Seattle. You had a pretty good game against Seattle earlier they this get them, year. They get them on Friday. Uh, that's the I next remember. one. Uh, so maybe uh, maybe Seattle will uh, provide the answer. All right, we're going to talk. Speaking of uh, Dr. Rick Perea, about the good doctor, uh, the preeminent performance psychologist, Dr. Rick Perea. I've known him for uh, about a decade now, and you get your checkup from the neck up. From Dr. Rick Perea here on My High Sports every Monday at 5 p.m. He's the former psychologist, the world champion Denver Broncos back in 2015. He's worked with the Rockies and the current world champion Denver Nuggets. He also helps, Dr. P does, middle and high school performers to reach peak levels. Whether you're an everyday performer at work, at play, or at school, call Dr. P today at 720-287-0933. That's 720 720- Two eight seven zero nine three three, or look them up at Dr. P at thinkoneforyou.org. That's Dr. P at thinkone4u.org. The top two teams in the West, not, not record or anything. I don't care about that. The best two teams in the Western Conference of the NBA play tonight. The Golden State Warriors come to the Denver to play the Nuggets. They are the primetime game on TNT. We'll break it down for you next on Miley Sports. Hey, I'm Molly, and I'm the host of the Did That Age Well podcast. Each week, my guests and I recap and review movies from the past, and we talk about how they hold up. I'm joined by comedians, writers, friends, and podcasters to talk about the cringeworthy to the timeless classics. We break them all down and share some laughs as we do it. So find us at milehighlife.com or follow Did That Age Well wherever you get your podcasts. Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Man, Danny's digging deep. I am 100% sure that you were not alive with the song. I heard it on the radio on the way in, and I had <laughs> completely like, forgotten that it existed. Go. So, yeah, I figured go. I'd get it. You know, what's mix. funny is um, I wasn't alive either because it, I, this song's actually a remake. Is it? It was originally written by Burt Bacharach okay. for Dionne Warwick. She when? passed on when it. When was that? And then it was recorded by Lou Johnson yeah. in 1964. Hit number 49. Really? Yep. In '64, it goes back that far. This song, yep, this is a Burt Bacharach song. It was written for Dionne Warwick. She passed, and she passed. '64, it reached 49, or 49, yeah. and then uh, Naked Eyes back in '83, take it all the way to number eight. 
There's your well, random music stuff you that you weren't good expecting stuff. to learn. Uh, Excellent. I, I love music. Coming history. in, I do too. So, oh, well, good. Well, I'm going to do that more then because I do. And Danny, Danny does too. Danny's an old soul back yeah, then. Oh, yeah. Very old soul. So he's got, he, yeah, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to lean into that a little bit. But you know, the, I've, I've worked at other places where, uh, you know, people would play songs that I would never in my wildest dreams have heard uh, or nor did I wish to hear them necessarily. <laughs> but, uh, but Danny's an old soul. Man. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't tell Danny what to play. He's got it. We're good. The, the Golden State Warriors roll into town to take on the Denver Nuggets. The Warriors are six and two. The Nuggets seven and one. Each team will be missing a significant player. Jamal right. Murray, of course, with the hamstring injury. Draymond Green will reportedly miss the game for personal issues. Uh, that might you know might be an issue. I, hopefully, it's nothing serious. It might also be the personal issue. Is I don't feel like playing tonight because I'm. I don't want to guard Jokic. Yeah. Tonight. Uh, so who knows? Maybe. Who knows? But I, uh, I actually like Draymond Green. I do too. I, Draymond Green isn't afraid of no. anybody. Draymond, but, yeah, he's not but afraid of anybody. You know what? Guys just aren't going to play 70 games anymore. They're just no. not. What did Jokic play last year? Wasn't it 69? 69 games. By the yeah. time the regular season was done, yep. he had missed 13 games. 13 games. A lot of them in March. In fact, probably a majority and of them in March. What, two or three of them to injury? At most, yeah. I mean, more like you know, he got his his. Right. Uh, I know a couple games, you know, maybe that thumb got banged, banged or the wrist, maybe he's a little sore. Yeah, the, the wrist has been an issue. He had uh, some ice on the wrist earlier in the week. Didn't uh, stop him from dominating his last game. So yeah, it's just not the way it's going to be anymore. I think that that's why the NBA changed it. What to win the major awards, you have to play in sixty five. Yeah. Uh, that's cutting it close. Jokic nobody, is pretty nobody, darn durable, and he played sixty nine. Days of people playing seventy five games. And, and playing 40 And I think this night. is why the NBA eventually, it, you know, the, the one year when things got abbreviated, right, with COVID, they put a 66-game schedule. Yeah. and uh, That's what they should do. It was, it was such a competitive, yeah, it was such a competitive, fun, regular season, and, and guys didn't well, rest. that's George Carl's theory. Uh, George is a proponent of the 66-game season. You know, it's not owners, because um, that's a lot of tickets they can't sell. And games they can't put on TV. Well, that's the problem. Okay, uh, <laughs> nobody but, ever but, says but, play fewer no, games. No, but I'm saying play this tournament, which I still don't. But you could, you understand. could do that. You could say independent of the the season. Yeah, I, get, I, th- I think it's weird that they're kind of. It's just part of the regular season schedule, but they're calling assembled it assembled in terms of that. Well, these are just regular season games, but we're gonna. Right, you know, make call the it court look funny and like who call it a tournament. In other words, who played better in this re- stretch of regular season games, I, and will yeah. say you won something. And you know, it has that kind of hurt uh, anything, but uh, you know, get, give a tinfoil hat to the winner and uh, some orange slices to the yeah, runners up. You know, I mean, although it is, you know, there's some real money, but for well, for normal humans, for yes, NBA for players, normal, it's, it's, it's actually shit. if you're stars, it's yeah. not enough to make a dent. But you know, I guess I don't care. It's just, it's just but, weird. But but you were right, and it's early. But the Warriors, the only team I look at right listen, now is the legitimate threat to the Nuggets. I, of the West. I agree with the you. The only one. And and the thing about the Warriors is, last year they couldn't win on the road, and that boy they ended could not, up burning. Oh my them goodness, in the their road record, the road last, record last year was atrocious. It, it seemed like a typo. Yeah, that last year on the road they went eleven and thirty. This year. <laughs> The Warriors. They, they, they begin with six out of eight on the road. And you're thinking, boy, even if the atmosphere is different, and I hear that it is. They've already won five on the road. Okay. <laughs> They're plus four. 
Yeah. They're plus four. Oh, that's right. Oh, I like this time of year. We get into Sandy's plus plus metrics on schedule. No, no, I but but it. I mean, it, no, I legitimately it, it, it love doesn't it. mean anything. But it, 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 you, to be plus four after eight games, you you played what six out of eight on the road? Yeah, they have, and they, they won, won and six out of eight. Yes, they won six. They're out one of and eight. one at home, and five and one on the road. <laughs> the Nuggets are five and zero oh at home. So you have a team yeah. that's five and zero oh at home yeah. versus team is five and one and on the, the road. Nuggets are. Hey, Two Listen, best teams the, in the league. Nuggets will win the game tonight. This the two best-looking teams in the league, regardless of plus. You think that you think the are Nuggets Denver are... and Golden State? Yeah, Boston's is. close. Uh, Milwaukee, they'll get uh, there. They'll get there because Lillard and Giannis. Every time I've seen them, it's not that they're not really trying because they are really trying. Maybe neither trying too of them hard, are selfish but they players. Can't, they can't really get it together. It'll yet. take a bit. And if they score a lot, they don't defend. And Giannis is a good defensive player. Damian Lillard was never an especially good defensive player. An advanced stage of his career, now he's a poor defender. Yeah. He just is a poor defender. Now, the thing that I like about Boston is that they can guard you. Tatum and Brown play defense. Porzingis is better than you think on that end. Mm -hmm. He he provides a shot-blocking element. Uh, He's reasonably mobile. Porzingis, I had... Porzingis stuck in Washington the last few years, right? right? I mean, we never see As Washington. Washington's Beale. terrible. Beal, by the way, will right. make his debut. And we don't see tonight. Bradley Beal very much over the years, having played so uh, much of his career, entire career, I guess, with, with Washington up until this year. So you, you don't necessarily appreciate where guys have come. And when Porzingis played with the Knicks, he hurt his knee. Then he got mad at the organization for reasons I can't possibly imagine. How could you be upset with the way James Dolan runs the New York Knicks? But anyway, he he leaves, and you're not paying as much attention to him after that, and he's had the knee injury. And now I watch him this year, and I say, wow, he's a really good player. (laughs) I had forgotten what what a good player he was when he was healthy. And actually, he was a good player last year. He just played on... One of the two or three worst teams in the league. That's all. So yep. we never saw him. Boston, it does seem right now, if you were to say the three best teams in basketball, it's the Celtics, the Nuggets, and the Warriors. Put them I in agree. whatever order you like. Uh, I, I think the Bucs will get there. You know, there. Philly's better without James Harden. I'm not they putting are. Philly up there with the other three. Even though they're 5-1. and one. they're better sure. without Harden. They've won five in a row. They're winning by 13.2 point per game. The Clippers average. will be worse with him. I agree. I agree entirely. And they are off to a 3-3 and three start. Did you hear what he said the other day? No. He said, I, I'm, I'm watching this interview clip. I, I, I've, I have enough said, time in my life that's said, limited that I don't spend a lot of it on it, James Harden. No, no, but but it, it kind of stood out. I think it was on ESPN. They played it up. And he said. I want to trade. I'm not. That's usually a, what he says. I'm, no, no. No? No. Okay. No. No. Have nothing not to yet. do with that, really. Give him a couple weeks. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> what he said was he was talking about his experience in Philadelphia. And he said, I'm not a systems player. I am the system. That is the so truest thing he's ever said. So that explained exactly what happened in Philadelphia, and that's what they've got with the Clippers now. A guy that. who says, I'm not a systems player. I am the system. Hmm. So the guy who led the league in assists last year Hated leading the league in assists. Well, yeah. Hated it because it meant he was second banana at best to Joel Embiid. He liked shooting free throws. Right. 
Uh, wow. Well, he's not the best player on, not granted, I know health is an issue, but Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the Clippers. And, and Paul George is the second best player. And, uh, hmm. and uh, at least until we see James Harden and play, you know what? Russell Westbrook's probably the third. Russell Westbrook's the third best player in the Clippers. Sure, sure has been this year. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. Uh, we'll find out. I mean, Phoenix is off to a 3-4 and four start. L.A. is off to a 3-3 and three start. That would be the Clippers. The Lakers also off to a 3-4 and four start. Yeah. Those were the supposed competitors for the Nuggets, and I get it. It's early. The Nuggets were the first team to get to six wins. They're the first team the, to get to seven the wins. Biggest they win tonight, the biggest regular season to get to threat to Denver in the West is Golden State, period. That's that's it. Before we, we go, we've talked about how Nikola Jokic has sort of uh, – been able to, he's mastered the game of basketball. He plays it like Keanu Reeves play, he played the Matrix. He has learned to be uh, an outstanding coach on the floor. Well, he's, the, the last, after the last game, he took an opportunity, by the way, to, um, well, branch up into the next thing that he is about to dominate. And apparently that would be handling press conferences. Not just his part of it, but like the whole thing. Want to give you a moment here. This is how Nikola Jokic, this is the whole thing, by the way. He sat down, and before he took questions, this is how it started. Actually, I can just talk because I know what you're going to ask. You ready, guys? Yes, Julian was really good today. Uh, he uh, he had a really, really big impact. Um, he brought us the energy that we need us, uh, that we need. He, he, okay, scoring. He still needs to learn. When you score a little bit, the defense is going to be... Someone else is going to be open, but that's fine. Uh, yes, we, we feel really confident with Colin playing with us on the on the on the floor. Uh, but I think he needs to be a little bit more aggressive, just because uh, for confidence for him for himself. Uh, uh, he he's uh, kind of looking to play for others, which, which is a good thing. Uh, but uh, I think it's going to help us too if he's a little bit more aggressive. Uh, uh, in the future, whatever. Uh, yes, third quarter was really amazing for us. Uh, it's uh, especially after 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 the first half, we didn't have a really really uh, the energy. The ball didn't move. We finished with we we finished the game with uh, 37 assists, which is which is really good, really really good, uh, uh, and only nine turnovers. I think in the first half we didn't uh, create for we didn't move create for others. We kind of play. Um, I don't want to say selfish basketball, but it was a. Uh, we didn't run at all. Of course, they made they made a lot of shots. They made a lot of threes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the people that we know that they're shooting well, but we didn't. Kind of the the whole focus in and all. Uh, we didn't have a focus in the first half, but the second half was. I think we beat them like seven, 75 to forty. Seventy five to forty five. So, I mean, that was a. Uh, that was, I think, uh, that's where we won the game. Of course, yeah, there you go. He doesn't even need. He doesn't even need us. I'll anymore. tell you what. He'll just do everything. He'd be an excellent analyst if he wanted to be. I, I think he'll go be with his horses. Not, I'm pretty sure. His basketball, but he definitely over. be a great but coach. He's an excellent <laughs> analyst. <laughs> Maybe he'd be a fine coach. Basketball. He'd be a hell of an analyst. Uh, that that it's perfect and. He would have been asked those questions. The yep. questions they, they, Maybe they, in sequence, as a matter of fact. Maybe in that sequence. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah, it nailed. Um, yeah he, he's just a marvel. I, I mean, he makes it look so easy. Now you start to take it for granted. But uh, even when he doesn't get a triple-double, he plays in a way that, uh, you know, the, the certain nights, 
probably he's better without getting a triple-double sure. than he is on some nights when he does have a triple-double. Yeah. I mean, he's just it it, he's better. He makes an impact difference. in different areas. Uh, it, it's it's just absolutely remarkable, the, the player he's turned into. And um, I, I saw he, he was together with Doncic after the game the other night, and they, they both have that kind of feel for the game and a mm-hmm. sense of the game. Uh, the difference is Doncic has to really carry the Dallas team, and Jokic doesn't have to carry the Nuggets, although uh, uh, he's pretty he capable does a, of it. A pretty good job of demonstrating every night that he could do it if he had to. The Denver Broncos are on their bye. We'll have an t- opportunity to break that down, but also uh, the Colorado Buffaloes are back in action in hoops. Up in Boulder, that would not be the men. That would be the women. They're ranked 20th in the country, and that's about to go up after their one uh, win over number one ranked LSU earlier this week. And, hey, you know, we have an opportunity to talk to Taylor Kilgore about that from Fox 31 about both of them. But, uh, you know, she started all four years in basketball. Uh, you and I didn't. So, I mean, if we're going to pick out basketball, why not grab someone who's done it? We'll do that with Taylor next on Miley Sports. Hey, I'm Molly, and I'm the host of the Did That Age Well podcast. Each week, my guests and I recap and review movies from the past, and we talk about how they hold up. I'm joined by comedians, writers, friends, and podcasters to talk about the cringeworthy to the timeless classics. We break them all down and share some laughs as we do it. So find us at milehighlife.com or follow Did That Age Well wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, it's Drew Goodman. Guess what? Like everybody else in America, I have a podcast. Actually, I've had it for four years. Download it at all of your favorite places you get podcasts. I have great guests, guys like Ryan McMahon, Dan Issel, Hall of Famer-to-be Albert Pujols, current Hall of Famer Larry Walker, Adam Schefter, and we kick around subjects locally, regionally, nationally. So download it and tell your friends. The Drew Goodman Podcast. Catchy name.